wanted to follow up with a brief discussion on the UFO topic based on some recent publications and things that have gone on in the mainstream media. Largely, the things I wanted to address had been addressed, but and not necessarily more has come out, not any more documents, but I mean, there is just a level of comfort that we're seeing from the government discussing this topic, and it's, it's interesting. And because I want to point that out, and I apologize for any of this that's repetitive or duplicative of what I said in previous episodes, but if you go back and watch the documentaries that really dive into the subject, uh, one of the more recent ones says some very interesting things. It's a very, I would almost say, shocking things. Now, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, bureaucracies work a certain way, the DOT works a certain way, so it's not entirely unrealistic that programs are going on, that installation commanders and or even further up the chain, don't really have any idea what's going on, right? The higher you get in the chain of command, the more dependent you are on somebody briefing you on a topic. So if someone chooses not to brief you on a topic, you don't specifically ask for it, you're not going to know about it, period. And, like, there's no central repository of records. Not every function keeps particular records, they don't keep them all in the same place, you would actually probably be pretty shocked at the lack of organized system of records that there are for most things that are going on. Generally, there's only records kept if it's required by a law or regulation, and most of the regulation requirements are triggered by some law, and they usually revolve around how you're spending the money. But anyway, in some of those documentaries, documentaries, how are you going to spell it, pronounce it, whatever. One of the critiques that I have really put out is that we don't have a lot of details. Like, give me some names or some, like, some finite details. So the most recent one has got some people, um, you know, talking about the things I mentioned. Literally, someone who put something on a truck. But the details are so lacking, right? Okay, what kind of truck? You know, who was driving it? Trucks don't drive themselves, especially not in, like, you know, a Roswell situation. The, the, the picking and choosing of facts to give in these interviews is just, I don't know. It's unsatisfactory what it is. And I don't know whether it's a memory issue, if the interviewees are unwilling to say certain things because they're still afraid. Maybe, maybe they don't know. Maybe they're afraid. Um, to be wrong, and therefore someone could prove them wrong and then discount their whole credibility. All of these things were often present in investigations into like crime and things that are interviewing witnesses and whatnot. And clearly, these interviewers are not trained interrogators about trying to bring out details of a person's memory and recollection of the event to give some credibility, to build a foundation of memory base that then can trigger other recollection of pieces. Clearly wasn't done. Then there's some more modern interviews with different people from the Air Force who make some pretty bold claims, like they just hand cashed people and that there's these programs out there that go out and threaten people for lack of a better term. But, you know, while I don't think, you know, there's bold faced lies being told to the interviewers, there's just a lot of a lot of vagueness. Like you could really probably take everything that was said and apply it to a hundred different programs that had nothing to do with UFOs just because of how vague it was. And so I don't understand the motivation to come out with those details. Like either come all the way out or don't come out at all. Like what's the point of it? I mean, if they're literally afraid for their lives, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Why talk at all? And the threat of prosecution by the federal government is so limited in these cases. Like, I can't even imagine uh, 
can't even imagine a federal prosecution for somebody leaking verbally some information about a UFO program, even if it was deemed classified. I mean, who cares? That stuff just doesn't happen, right? I mean, look, Eric Snowden, whatever, all these hackers that are pulling these documents, whatever, right? Nothing happens to these people. And the classification system is just out of control anyway. And I'll, I'll just make another example of recently, uh, one of the former director of national security or whatever was talking about, you know, satellites picking up these UFOs. And somebody from the National Reconnaissance Office gets all butthurt about it. Like, stop talking about what our satellites are looking at. And to me, it's like, this is just ridiculous. And it's just, I don't know if it's delusions of grandeur or what it is, but there is nothing that the National Reconnaissance Office has that's super squirrel secret crazy. Like, the Department of Defense, for all its bells and whistles, is not a cutting-edge technology place. It's not like the height of the Cold War. And let me just give you an example of how silly these government people really are when it comes to technology. The CIA reached out to Hollywood after one of the James Bond movies to ask about some technology they saw in a movie with James Bond. I believe it was Sean Connery, but don't quote me. And the Hollywood had to tell them, dudes, this is just camera tricks. Like, this isn't real technology. That's how boneheaded the so-called, you know, experts at the CIA during the height of the Cold War were when it came to really what the technology is. The state of the art is not where the Department of Defense operates. It operates in the space of technology that has been scaled and commercialized by the big contractors. That's not cutting edge. It never will be. Cutting edge technology will take, you know, I don't want to say a full decade, but I mean, you're talking at least five or six years to get from literally the peak of what's possible with engineering to a commercialized product. And by the time you get that product built, fielded, and in service, it's already obsolete. Right? This isn't really news, but it matters when it comes to capability. Like I can promise you that the average person, probably largely due to movies in Hollywood, believes the federal government is capable far more than they actually are when it comes to technology. You know, I remember the movie, like, Enemy of the State. Like, all of the things that are in there are theoretically possible, but yet uh, not feasible. Just because the number of systems that have to be working and reliable at all times is mind-blowing. In a lot of places, whether it's a one corporate building, one government building, I mean, something as simple as printers and network connectivity goes down routinely, you know, and to suggest that some other government agency somehow is immune from those normal problems is just unrealistic. And there's not the budget for it, there's not the time because even when you get cutting-edge technology, there's still a random time. You've got to embed the technology and you've got to feed it to everything else to even make it valuable. So it's one thing to have a cutting-edge science. It's another thing to get that science engineered into a product that's usable. Then you've got to get that product manufactured and fielded, and then you have to get it integrated to where people can actually benefit from it. And the way the government works, that takes a long time, you know. Think about 5G and how long um, it it's taking cellular companies to install 5G over the nation, right? 5G's been around as a technology for quite a while. But it takes time to build towers, to get permits, to replace things, right? I mean, it is literally molasses-like when it comes to things like infrastructure. And, you know, I have a, a whole series on infrastructure. If you want to check out some discussions that kind of go along with that. And from a military perspective, or a DOD perspective, some of those things 
are inherently infrastructure in that they provide a capability. They're a static tool that is a platform for things to happen on. And infrastructure is not secret. That's what's crazy. Like satellites are just up in space. If you want to look at it, you can. Right? Like you could literally buy a big backyard and fill it with commercial, off-the-shelf hobbyist telescopes, you know, of a decent quality. Point all of them up into the sky, network them together with a computer. And if you wanted to, over time, you could track almost anything that's in near-Earth orbit. You could just do a sky survey in your backyard, find objects, note them, track them, plot them. Then if you wanted, go rent time on a more powerful commercially available telescope and zoom in and see whatever the hell it is you're looking at. Now, you're not going to know what the satellite's targeting or what it's focused on. You're not going to know its function. You're going to know it's there, right? So saying, yeah, we have satellites that can see things in the air, that's not news. And why the National Conference office would be all like, oh, man, don't tell people that we got satellites that can see things. You know, holy crap. Um, like, every Hollywood movie that somehow involves the end of the world deals with satellites seeing things all over the planet. Like, I mean, I was just watching some movies recently, and the new thing is that um, these movies have track where you actually kind of see inside of buildings, see how many bodies are inside of buildings, all these kind of things. And there may be certain scenarios where that kind of technology is capable of working, but it's definitely just not as easy as pointing like some camera at a building. All right, we've got this many people on this floor, and this many people on this floor, and this is, they're standing next to this, and they're standing next to that. Like, x-ray vision is not, not a thing. There, there's some multi-spectral stuff out there, but it's so, you know, delicate and flimsy that it's not reliable enough to be fielded and scaled. So no actually has it. And they definitely don't have it on like a heads-up display displays that you're wearing around. So anyway, going back to you know, trying to get off this soapbox, I guess, of overclassification of things that are obvious and old is the, the danger, the, the impression that these uh, videos give, not the videos, but like the interviews, the documentaries, documentaries of, they literally made a statement in discussing the Bill Clinton uh, administration. He was trying to get in a Roswell. Like they were afraid that if Bill Clinton got the information that he wanted, that they couldn't keep him alive. Now, I've heard the story, I've heard read the conspiracy before, that that's why John F. Kennedy was killed, because he was going to disclose aliens. Um, and that's just a really... I don't know. I don't know how to take that. Because, you know, I'm not going to rehash my whole thing about conspiracies. Just can't keep a lid on things. And that's one of the things they touch about in the videos and the programs is you can keep things that are big secret. And they, for example, they give an example of the National Economics Organization as being something that was kept secret for a number of years. Okay, cool. But there's a lot of things you got to throw out in the bathwater when it comes to discussing modern times. Because I, I could spend days and months talking about how the internet and computers and digital technology has changed the world fundamentally before our very eyes without us even really knowing it. Like the ability to share um, anonymously information and just leak it is so it, it's easy. Like imagine if you wanted to talk to somebody. In Australia in 1950, what did you have to do to make that happen, right? What about 1970? What about 1989? What about 1995? Even in 1995, it was not that easy just to chat with somebody in Australia. And honestly, it wasn't even that easy until the last you know, decade or so 
to text people internationally unless you wanted to pay a boatload of money for international texting uh, services, right? But it was always easy to email, like once you had email, right? Um, and then video chatting. So it's just, there's so many ways to spread information without being traceable, without being caught. Like it's not anyone with a motive to spread some information can do it. Okay, so if there's, you know, bodies, alien bodies in a building somewhere, and somebody wanted to get the word out, not that hard. Not that hard at all. Um, which brings me back to this guy, you know, therefore one of these Air Force guys in one of these programs, talking about body vehicles. And they keep saying things like right field, right field, German right field. Nobody in the Department of Defense says right field. It's right Pat Patterson Air Force Base. Right Pat, that's what they say, right Pat. Where the Air Force Research Lab is, there's stuff there. No one says right field. So anyone who keeps saying right field as if that's how they would refer to it in a normal conversation, immediately makes me skeptical of, of really how plugged in these people are. And if they're not just reading old shit and then just spitting out language from old documents as if that's somehow giving them credibility. Nobody calls it that. Air Force bases, you can just drive onto for a long time. You know what I mean? Back before 9-11, holy crap, and roll onto military installations in a lot of cases. And it's not like that's a hidden place. So, you know, again, if you have these giant underground underground bolts and whatnot, and you've got people that are willing to talk about a body, bodies, why can't you find someone who's willing to talk about a damn construction project that they worked on building underground vaults and cryogenic freezing chambers? I got news for you. Not that many companies in the world that make cryogenic freezing chambers. They don't or whatever kind of tube things um, that you would need to keep life forms alive or on ice or whatever. These kind of things, like who was the company, who did it, these names, like there's real specific data out there. If it was true, that would be not that hard to think. But if they're afraid of it, it's really hard for me to accept that Somebody wants to kill the President of the United States because they're going to learn about aliens and tell the American public. It's just mind-blowing. Um, you know, and so recently, uh, Obama gets on one of those shows, and they're talking about these videos after these. I mean, there's just like a whole slew of mainstream media programs in the last couple of weeks that just threw this in the American public's face. Like, people... And I've even talked to people that were still skeptics. Like, I would show them documentaries are... Documentaries are compelling on face value. They're compelling at face value. But... It's hard to know what to do with them. It really is. Because they have gaps. Like I mentioned. Um, the answers... What questions that he answered. And like I said, those those things are meant to be their entertainment, I suppose, right? I mean, I guess maybe they're trying to get a message out. Maybe there's some altruistic motive. But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, they're on TV, you know, to get subscriptions, subscriptions and things like that. And it really I always have to say this, grind my ears. Um, when they try to tie the UFO phenomenon to like this mass cabal of evildoers who are polluting the planet and killing everybody or whatever, they're polluting the planet and making millions on all this stuff and how they want to suppress technology, like. When they, act, when they start adding that kind of stuff to it, like that's, you lose people. You lose open-minded people. And people are not open-minded about this anyway. I personally try to give you know, some points to take a look at this. People who are skeptics, people who have not plugged into the phenomenon for a long time, say, hey, take a look at this. 
the objectivity on this to someone who is unimmersed and uninitiated. What do you make of this? And they won't even look at it. They'll be like, I'm going to do that. And so that brings us kind of like, all right, now, one of those individuals just said, a screenshot of, of some articles out on a mainstream things. Uh, but yeah, this isn't news. We about this a long time ago because we looked at it up, and now all of a sudden that CNN or CBS are to do it. Now you're willing to take a look at it. That's the kind of stupid shit that drives me crazy. But it's, it's out there. It's real. That sort of closed mindedness. Um, it's frustrating. But you have to deal with it. So, Whatever the motive of those documentaries is, the killing your acceptance rate by tying it to a completely different thing. Like, I get that they're trying to justify the idea or establish the idea that there is indeed an effort of suppression. Just fine, and I think it's hard to not. It would be hard to argue against that. But at the same time, why? What do you mean? Why do you have to tar, why do you have to tie it to uh, a world order, world order based on conspiracy in order to keep free energy from the market? I just don't, there's no rational necessity. To a phenomenon, some greater global conspiracy. But they absolutely did that, and they were talking about thinking they can't keep the president safe. Now, that's a problem. Like, in and of itself, I don't care whether it's UFOs or soccer matches. If you can't keep the president safe from his own government, that no, that's the problem. And if the government, governmental entities have become so powerful, they can literally manipulate a president by essentially threatening his life over something that's, I don't want to say meaningless, but something that is unimpactful on a day to day level for Edgar. Well, currently, I don't. This is wild, right? That is a wild, wild reality. And Obama came out and said, "There's certain things about UFOs I can't tell you." Yada yada yada. He's talking about that. He's talking about what happened was, in my view, some some things got out. And I'll give you an example of what I was talking about earlier. Those videos that were released from the aircraft carrier, no one's ever been prosecuted for leaking those. They could have narrowed down who had access to those tapes, those videos, in those rooms, on the, in those control centers, on those ships. And they could have narrowed it down to probably at least probably 20 people. And then through the right kind of pressure campaign and the way the military can isolate people and run, inv- run investigations, um, they probably have a pretty good idea. And unless, unless they did that, identified who it was, and that person literally, you know, put the fist, I call that military, but the bits that I'm not buying shit, I'm not telling you what I did, I'm not telling you what I did. Unless they literally stonewalled the investigation, um, they would have found out. And you would have had a court martial about it. And that would have been news, public record. That didn't happen. And in fact, you know, I haven't heard of anyone giving any kind of administrative action or punishment or reprimand of any kind of military for leaking those documents or those videos. And then, I mean, you have Damon Pilot himself is now out on the, on the uh, videos, on the, on the programs, talking about it. And so, you know, either the cat got out of the bag or 
somebody let the cat out of the bag. By somebody, I mean this aircraft carrier. Well, let me let's back up, too. You just had some new statements where these Navy pilots are basically saying, yeah, encountering these kinds of UFOs is a weekly, they, on, happens on a weekly basis now. We don't know what they are. And so what could have happened, and I think the evidence really supports this, is that whether it was Navy pilots or whoever, or maybe there was some sort of mini-rebellion uh, within government channels saying, look, we're flying around up here with things that we can't catch, we can't target, we can't shoot down, and could probably blow us out of the sky if they really wanted. And no one's talking about it. No one's devoting funding to research it. It's not an identified problem. We're worried about a bunch of Chinese merchant ships, basically big fishing trawlers parked off some reefs around the world, yet we got these hypersonic vehicles flying around like the Simpsons. And nobody's taking a look at it. So you can imagine you got all these pilots seeing this stuff all the time, and nobody has really the knowledge or the authority to figure out who was what we call a POC for this kind of information, this kind of data. All they get told is, hey, this is classified, don't talk about it, and that's the end of the story. They're not small. But when you do that over and over and over for years, and nothing ever happens, nothing ever changes. Well, somebody just might decide to make a change. And one way you do that is you just leak something. And then once it's out, two pays out of the two, right? Those videos, um, you know, the government's hard pressed for somebody in the Navy, once the video's out, just come out and say blatantly that they're not true, not fake. In fact, that would be probably a violation of federal law. So what you end up with, somebody clever with a hit, was putting some officials in a position where if they don't confirm the authenticity of it, they're breaking federal law. But if they confirm the authenticity of it, they're probably breaking federal law because they're divulging classified information. And so what happens? Okay? It's getting the bureaucracy by itself. And when the bureaucracy fights itself, where it dies, it breaks, stops working. And so, maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was intentional. Maybe someday we'll know. Maybe we never will. But we are another step now further down this road than when I started this podcast series on UFOs. We're getting close to this report date, and my root goal is to really have these podcasts out published before that report comes out, so that I can do a follow-up and see what comes out. Uh, but part of part of this sort of exercise would be sort of the fun, you know, playing the lottery here, gambling, thinking about what is the government going to conclude about these things. I don't think we're going to get any conclusions. Um, the reports, you know, recently also said that there's a lot of people in Congress that still laugh about this. You know, Mark Rubio, senator from Florida, he's kind of a, a spearhead in this. And he was saying that's you know, some of his colleagues up there still laugh about it. And that's not surprising. I mean, look, Congress is made of generally a bunch of old white men. And I apologize to any listeners who are old white men. But on the scale of open-mindedness, they're not at the high end of it. Um, they're just not. Um, now, I'm not going to go down to a big, big explanation of why. There's some science why, and then there's just some other reasons why, especially when it comes to political old men or old white male politicians. You know, those stubborn grandfather types. Um, but we still haven't got any details. We have pretty much confirmation now. Uh, I mean, if, if President Obama going on a new sh talk show and being like, yeah, they're real, but there's other stuff I can't tell you about it. If that's not enough, right? If that's not enough with the videos and the Navy pilots, like, I just don't see a former president who really never took an interest in this topic the way someone like Bill Clinton did, for him just to come out there and be like, yeah, they're real. 
you don't know what they are. He didn't have anything to gain by that. Um, does he really need talk about UFOs for publicity or anything? I mean, I just can't imagine anything there was for President Obama to gain by talking about these other than maybe one idea. And this is what's been actually making me nervous. Now, I mentioned in a previous segment that one of the things that tipped me off, these things were real and potentially extraterrestrial, is the actions of the Catholic Church basically preparing to how they're going to handle it when essentially the fact that alien life exists gets revealed um, to the masses. And like I said, if anyone's plugged in to secret knowledge, it's going to be the Catholic Church and the Vatican. And the fact that they didn't, you know, kind of breadcrumb this thing tells me that something's on the horizon. And I don't I find it unlikely that the government will come out and conclude that the vehicles are extraterrestrial. They're just not going to know what they are, right? That's not the same thing. Now, where we get into the subtleties is if they have evidence that um, these things are in space, that really that really limits you know what kind of qualification that they can give. Um, and so we may not know, right? We're going to learn, I think, when this report comes out, a lot of sightings that they may be pared down to, okay, like, what have we seen in space? Where have we seen it? And what has that told us? Um, because if we're seeing these things in space, you know, and if, if maybe pilots are encountering these literally on a weekly basis, that tells you something. And if we're not seeing them in space on a weekly, monthly basis, that tells us something as well. Um, we haven't really talked about underwater stuff and submarines. Some of those um, documentaries will mention some of those things, and you know, you'll pick up a uh, phrase here or there about these things traveling in air or water, it doesn't matter, it doesn't change how fast it's going. And if they're finding things in space, it's going to be hard to make an argument that's not extraterrestrial by definition, right? Um, because it is another step. These things are in space. Let's get involved. While it's hard to imagine what kind of technology this could be, either distant air and water, to get outside the atmosphere takes a lot of energy. And it's not easy to get to space. And the number of people or even crafts that go into space is pretty small. And we, you know, we, compared to military applications, most of the space program is pretty celebrated. Technology, abilities, right? If we had the kind of capability that we see in these videos, we could potentially use it in space and keep it a secret Keep it a secret in that we could, you know, we could perform that kind of physics space and use it to our advantage without necessarily having to unleash that technology down on the earth. So I mean, I mean, it still gets you to a tricky place to try to split hair, but it's conceivable, right? Because I mean, just for example, some spacecraft have parts that are literally made of pure gold. Uh, but we don't have many aircraft parts that are made of people, right? So there's just a different echelon of technology necessary to go to space. And we could get away with probably doing something wild in space and making a plausible deniability that we can't do gravity, gravity environment. And so, who knows um, what we're actually going to Get into state, probably not get all of it, probably not get it ways, and probably not going to get any issues. But coming back around to this idea 
that we're going to get murder for coming forward with information about this stuff. It, that really frustrates me. Not that it's not interesting, not that conspiracy theories don't sell right intrigue. But there's a it, it is actually a counterproductive kind of thing. Because basically what happens is if you threaten to murder something, they know something. You have literally up the stakes in the game as high as you can. So if someone's gonna go out, they're probably gonna go out with a bag. They're not going to piece any of that shit around, knowing that, you know, a booty man might come out and on their door, John Wick's going to show up or somebody. No. And I blow the whole thing wide open and say, because at that point, becoming famous is probably your only protection. Where if you just leak a little bit here and there, and your biggest worry is the federal government showing up and shutting off, you know, some amount of money towards you or you in jail, that's a lot different than something that bullet. And it's just a weird, again, is a weird thing to think about. And, you know, I'll come back to this probably in another podcast about just how big the federal bureaucracy has gotten, like the size of the federal government, what this kind of conspiracy means, and what it tells us about how people view government. And because people believe this, whether it's true or not, it's almost irrelevant. You know, I don't want to get topic here three a little bit, but anyway, the point of, of this follow-up was to kind of re-emphasize that this stuff was now literally just coming out in waves. And there had been articles here and there, and I pretty much kind of, I don't want to say, like, I'm not scouring the news releases and you know, so, but I keep an eye sort of open across the landscape, and UFO articles are still rare enough that they jump off the screen, and they typically attach it with some, you know, clickbait-type picture. Um, so they're kind of in a spot. And I just noted, I just noticed a wave for the last two weeks, interviews, programs, and nothing has been released yet. We're still just recycling the same information over and over that we've gotten Every once in a while, we'll get another phrase uh, from one of these people, probably even third. Um, for example, you know, the satellite uh, imagery. We haven't seen any of that, but we now know that it exists, or we now know that someone believes it exists. Um, and it's probably true because somebody got mad that it was mentioned, so it's likely to be true. But we're still. Right? Well, and then we got these other Navy pilots talking about how often this happened. And I'm sure you can probably get a bunch of commercial airline pilots together and get the same kind of thing. It would be interesting to know, for sure, commercial airline pilots were not cities, only military pilots were, because that's a data point that may be important sort of deciphering what these are and if the government hasn't reached out and might try to figure this out, well that's just negligent. And I think probably that's what's driving some of this is that if anyone is working on it, it's a small team and they're super small and super secret and that's a problem because, well, I don't want to go into it, but when you have a super secret small team working on something, they usually lack accountability and they lack, I don't want to say they lack resources but the resources are tainted, meaning uh, there's no diversity of thought, no divergence, there's no, there's nobody to rock the boat. Right, you get into those weak scenarios, and you get very entrenched ideas, and you get very entrenched people because you probably, like any government bureaucracy, if you got the same person working on the same project for thirty years, that's a problem. There's not an instance in the world where that's not a bad idea. That's a good idea, right? That is exactly how you don't make things better is by having the same people do it for forever. Like, I know we're just learning that, sort of as a society, this idea that experience, you know, there's all these jokes that make you, like, can't get a job, can't get a first job unless you have the experience of having five jobs. 
But honestly, some of that's going away. You really are looking for skills because all experience gives you is knowledge about how things used to be done, uh, not how they're going to be done tomorrow or the future. And in some ways, the more you know about how things were done in the past, the more limited you're going to be in how you can decide. Future instances were all about innovation, change. Lots of experience is actually counterproductive, but it's also lower risk. So, why now? You've come to it. Why now? I'm trying to think of a rational, logical explanation as to why it's all of a sudden we're getting all of this UFO stuff. We haven't had anything happen other than the leaked video. Remember, those videos leaked years ago. They didn't just come out in 2020. Uh, and a lot of some of the, the statements of things happened more than 10 years ago. So it wasn't something that happened. Leaks aren't even that recent. I think the leaks may have triggered this focus by Congress on it. What I think actually is happening, enough information got out, and there's a number of ways that it got out to different people, different organizations, different contracts, different observations that I think happened, um, and that enough people knew enough got out of the government, and they started talking to people. Uh, my guess would be, for example, you take one of these guys like um, this Mr. E, he called Mr. E, the guy that retired from this program, and kind of was right the stuff in the government, he's retired now, he's kind of involved in it. It would not be difficult to imagine him sitting down with Marco Rubio in a room, right, involved somewhere, super secret, and I listen, here's what's out there, here's what we're not And that right there might have been enough. That might have been enough. You know, a senator can do a lot, right? I mean, they can hold up appointments for cabinet positions and all that stuff. If one senator wants to do something and gets a burden or asks about it, they can make a problem for us. And so, um, that might be able to explain why. But it doesn't fully explain, it explains the government's response, Congress's response, right? Basically, somebody in, in Congress like, okay, there's enough out there. We don't have any answers about this at all. Nobody knows a damn thing. If you go back to some of those uh, documentaries, I mean, they'll talk about certain people who tried to get information on this topic and believe up. Now, I would love to go through those uh, documentaries one at a time and just nail each sort of allegation that was made and how, if they were true, how many things were wrong, the whole scenario, and really how just chicken shit people probably were. Um, because there's a number of ways to get it. I'm not, I'm not going to go into that, but it's really hard for me to, to accept that a president said, I want to know this, and so it's a three can't know about it. What that tells me is that nobody pushed hard. And what the, what the documentary suggests is that no one pushed hard enough because they were afraid for people's safety. And that's where, that's where I start to lose clients on this. There's a missing piece to me. If that's true, there's a missing piece here. Um, because it's, this isn't, we don't live in, you know, the 1890 model railroad tech. We're like four men in control of the world. Uh, we just don't. And if we did, you would be hearing more about me. And I would love to spend about 20 minutes on like Elon Musk and his statements um, on Alien. And I think I mentioned in one of the previous episodes, but what you see is billionaires staying away from this topic. At least openly. Now, there's a couple of them, right, who are in this space and have been for a long time, but you don't hear uh, Bill Gates talking about it. You don't hear about Jeff Bezos talking about aliens. He's got his own space program. You don't hear about aliens. Definitely don't uh, 
here about Elon Musk talking about it, which I find interesting. And, you know, I think I'm going to save some of these topics for later once we did this report. So go back, and I'll just give you a teaser. The federal government is going to give someone a license to launch the space. They think that person is going to go to Mars. They didn't send people to Mars. And if any of the stories the astronauts have said about perceived extraterrestrials or UFOs in space taking action against human technology up there, if any of those even have a hint of truth to that, you would think someone not a note is going to let like a nuclear engine in space with people on it, knowing that extraterrestrials might just turn it off if those conditions are the way to die. I mean, there's some practical things there that just don't seem to add up in the You know, and the, the news media is the other one. And this is what makes me skeptical. It's like, okay, the mainstream news media, you know, they touched on these reports. Nobody dived into it. Where's the Bob Woodward report on UFOs, right? And, right, the white old men who run these things, this isn't their land. It's like a millennial age. Maybe even, you know, now I think this is a millennial age. Uh, because the generation below millennials, they just don't feel like they have any momentum. Their focus isn't on this kind of thing. I don't know if they're not there yet. Um, and their focus is on other more terrestrial, more human things. I think this is a millennial thing, you know. The generation just below Mark which would put us in, you know, that Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg era of age. Um, you know, but billionaires got their own their own agendas and their own things. And so the news media obviously they commented when they when some of these leaks first happened, I and mean, no one knows it. Even now, they're they're just all over it, right? like ants on a drop ice cream cone. And so that raises an issue. And that question is why? Like why now? Like I said, and, and there's really only two options in my view. Either one, there are enough of them that are starting to buy these topics. They're like, okay. I'm not going to get fired if I do a report on this now. I'm interested in it personally. Let me do a report. Or they're just being opportunistic, right? They're like, well, holy shit. Uh, government's doing this. People are talking about it. We can run programs on this. Get a ton of viewers. It's mysterious. You don't have an answer. They're compelling videos and photographs. And... You know, so we have the opportunity to get viewers, exploit this opportunity, and also, you know, might just let some political buffoonery fall into our hands that we can then report on, you know, government secrets and blah, 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 blah. Um, interesting, right? But what you haven't heard anyone doing yet is speculating, giving opinions, which is suspect to me. Because that's all it seems the media does nowadays is blow up everybody with opinion. But you go to a news go to a quote unquote news place and all you're gonna get is political opinion pieces or commentary, which is different than opinion, right? What I'm giving you is commentary. I'm not really giving you my opinion, just talking about stuff. Me, you know, I purposely avoid giving you my opinions because that's not what this podcast series is supposed to be about. Um, and if it's not one of those two things, then it's something much worse. And that's what a lot of conspiracy people would call controlling the narrative, I suppose. You know, there's plenty of people in this space who will tell you and they'll go point to documents that talk about how U.S. intelligence services have people plugged in uh, to every single media source and influences ideas and, and way things get published on this stuff. Where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And so, and some of those documents are up to So we know that in some form, 
some of that's true. Uh, really, really hard to know exactly what the truth is there, you know. So, unfortunately, we're not going to know that. But if it's true, what what's going on? They're not talking about what this, right? Because at the end of the day, you can use logic, and it's not the U.S. government, and it's. You know, there's no company out there that offers the kind of technology that you're seeing there. And you have government officials who have nothing to really gain coming out saying, we don't know what these are. Meaning, probably no one knows what they are. There's only so many answers. But no one's speculating what those answers are. If it turns out that these are indeed extraterrestrial, oh, I mean, Ancient human history probably has to be looked at in a different light. Like, I've stayed away from the ancient alien question purposely uh, to don't overlap because they're not necessarily not necessarily tied together. It could be, but that's not what we're focused on. We're uh, really focused on sort of the U.S. government and their approach to those ancient aliens and a whole lot of other stuff, or the ancient astronauts, or whatever. But if this plays out this way, those astronaut theory type things have to be considered. Different things in the past have to be considered. So much um, has to be rethought, potentially. Not necessarily changed, but at least considered. And don't talk about that. And. Um, You'll see from the narrative, I know it's talking about extraterrestrials, right? They're not UFOs anymore. They're unidentified air phenomenon. We don't know what they are, they say. But no one's saying extraterrestrials. We've had some people say, huh. like, the most oddly way to say it has been said is like, oh, a different form of life other than what we know. Well, what the hell is that? What is that? Different form of life than what we know. Does that mean like artificial intelligence, does that mean just not human? Does it mean interdimensional beings? I mean, some blend of technology and the Sulsa, like Ultron, like from Mar- Marvel? I don't, I don't know what that means, right? And that's kind of big nonsense that avoids because no one just coming out and saying what they mean, saying what they mean. And that's that's sketchy. That leads me to doubt. So that triggers uncertainty, and it immediately puts a credibility issue in play when it comes to all of these people who are talking about these things. It's like I'm going to talk about it, but I'm not really going to talk about it. Okay, what? Well, that sounds like misinformation. That sounds like propaganda. That sounds like you know you're trying to get ahead of an issue. It's like a politician in a campaign knows that he's about to get outed for cheating on his wife or, or something. Um, and so they try to get out in front of it with, you know, start to control the narrative, define the language. If you can define the language, you know, and I'll have a number of episodes to talk about this. If you can define the language, then you can define the facts. And only one or two things is really likely here. Either one, they're trying to control language and they're doing a very particular job of it, but that doesn't really make sense because they literally could just say stuff. Because no, I mean, saying we don't know what this is is okay. We're, I mean, that's like saying we're not saying it's not aliens. We're not saying it is aliens. You know, they just wanted to say it's not aliens. They just say we don't think this is extraterrestrial. But they can't say that because they don't know. That's what it seems like. Uh, the other, the other possibility is that from the very beginning, those who started leaking this intentionally avoided using extraterrestrials because of the ET stigma. We can talk about these things as unexplained technology in the sky that our pilots can see but can't even come close to catching in our most advanced jets. That is a whole different narrative than we got extraterrestrials flying around. You know, and there's probably, and the answer is probably a combination of all these things I'm talking about. And that's, it's, it's 
it's difficult to sort through. It's frustrating because you can't get a straight answer. Um, but that's probably because nobody has a straight answer. And, you know, I don't want to keep rambling on about this. I, this topic is so interesting because we're kind of living it in real time. And it's almost like that you that flying saucer craze around the Roswell time. But we're just not getting any swamp gas stories, you know, weather balloons. We're getting shit, we don't know what they are. Um and so they are gonna try to control them here. I think we can by they I guess I want to mention one other thing. We haven't heard jack shit from the scientific community. You know, and you can go back to my other my other podcast, right? We talked about kind of like how academics they're just as bad as government. In a lot of ways, they're the same as government because they're dependent on somebody else for their money. So they're not free. As much as we'd like to think as scientists and, and academics to, as you know, academic freedom and all this stuff, it's not that. It's not that at all. That's not the way they work. They work in a system uh, not unlike you know, the guilds of old. One of, uh, check out my future podcasts about the American spirit and, and economic freedom with regards to the guild. They're like, you got to play ball to play ball kind of thing. And if you're not playing ball in the academic community, then you're not playing ball. And we heard anything. You know, old Neil, the physicist, um, DeGrasse, or whatever you pronounce his name, he's actually come out to be fairly, I guess, ridiculing of the extraterrestrial idea you have some of the other ones, like Dr. Michu, who are a little bit more, they're much more qualified. They're like, well, statistically, there's probably extraterrestrials, and they just kind of leave it at that. Um, but we haven't heard very much about from the Israelis. And, again, the experts on aerospace, physics, things like that, don't really work for the U.S. government. I mean, NASA's got some good people. Um, obviously, there's some in the Department of Defense as well, and other parts of the federal government, but they're not they're not the guys at MIT, at Harvard, at Caltech. They're not the free thinkers to the extent that free thinkers exist in the academic community. They're at those places that have the reputation to be able to um, to be able to withstand some scrutiny. And, and I think the reason we haven't heard anything, this is just me speculating here, is the same reason that I'm actually having this conversation right now. So we've heard a lot, but we haven't heard, heard very much. And what I mean by that is we've got a lot of noise, a lot of sound, not a lot of data. Right? There's a few pieces of sources here on the same videos, and it's triggering a whole lot of commentary. And the people who are giving that commentary, whether it's President Obama, these former officials, or these pilots, well, they got a lot of data. They have a whole lot of data, a whole lot of sources that they've seen, been exposed to, and they know about it, but they're not giving it to us. They're just saying these vague things, and, you know, academics, whatever their faults, they're usually pretty good at not jumping the gun. Like, they need to get to a primary source before they even waste their time on analysis, because there's no reason to do analysis on a second or third party source or a second or third level of authority. But you don't know what's in the transmission areas, the translation areas. So they, whoever they are, right, in the academic world, regardless of what their educational background is, they're probably stuck with the same facts that you and I are right now. So there's really nothing to do about other than what we are doing right now, which is just you know, entertain ourselves, these thought experiments, and uh, seeing if we can't predict the future a little bit, see how this is going to play out. And so, you know, I want to circle back with this follow-up episode. Uh, again, I apologize for anything that's repetitive. And myself, it's a hard thing to balance being completely unscripted and free and not being repetitive and also not being forced to repeat everything. Uh, for listeners who might have just jumped in on this episode, and unfortunately, the way that my uh, podcasts are going to be structured. You're probably just never going to be able to jump in and one independently and just run with it. You'll probably have to do one series at a time instead of the beginning. Sorry for 
that. Should be sent to the inconveniences anyone, but I don't know how to do it any differently. And like I said, this isn't really a money making venture for me, so I don't have the resources or the time to devote to that high end kind of strategic planning and editing. And I think you lose some of the organicness that I hope um, exists with this format. And so, you know, that's just to say, again, sorry for repetition. Trying to do my best to be concise, precise. But I remember everything that I've said for the most part in previous things, but not all of it. And I sure don't expect any of you to remember all of it. So occasionally I will reiterate, um, but it won't be a perfect uh, situation by any means. So again, thanks for listening. Thank you.